everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 562. We are that podcast talks about anime games. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me stop this so this doesn't go over. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me start that up again. We are that podcast talks about anime games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm Dijeron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. So, how is everybody doing tonight? Mm. Uh, Go on, tell us how you really feel. (laughs) And you, Mako? I'm very sleepy. Mm, It's all that cold air. I actually had to break down and put the heat on today. Thankfully, in my apartment, it's like in this house, the heat comes on automatically. All I know is last night I'm walking around in a robe and I pulled out the uh, Ninja Turtle blanket and threw it on the bed. (laughs) And what's really messed up is that tomorrow it'll be 60 and then by the end of the week, 70. Yeah, tomorrow's still in the, in the 50s for me and raining. Yeah, same yeah. here. I'm not happy. I'm so over the rain. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, look. Sunday, I was supposed to do my laundry, but because of the weather, I'm like, well, I'm kind of fucked. I'm going to have to order another bo- another pack of boxers so I have enough boxers to go with my undershirts. Then I look at the work calendar. Oh, I'm off Wednesday. Sweet. And then I look at the weather. Still a chance of rain. So I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to have to just have to fuck it. And just give it a shot and just rough it, you know, risk it. So, you know, uh, well, the life of living in an apartment or house where you don't have your own dedicated washer and dryer. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. But at least on the plus side, I can actually go out and get my hair cut. Okay, okay. E- e- enough about that. Enough about that. Um, we are live tonight, week of October 4th, 2022, right here on Twitch TV. We are here live Tuesdays from 9 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can find us here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. We're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com. And you can also find us find them at Twitch TV slash vognetwork. They kick things off on Sundays at 8 p.m. with the Bobby Blackwolf Show, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. And for updated programming note, there will be no OLR next, next Sunday. Um... I believe Rob is going off to TwitchCon. So, fun times. And, uh, yeah. And definitely check out... Huh? I said I forgot TwitchCon is this weekend. Yeah. And don't forget to find out more information about us and other uh, programming and other uh, shows at vognetwork.com. And we're also on Discord. You can find us at vognetwork.com slash Discord. 
Every show that's a part of the Voice Geeks Network has their own channel, so come through, hang out, have a good time. And unfortunately, the pool has already been uh, closed. So, but I think the hot yeah. tub. But I think the hot tub's fine. I don't know. Ugh. Anywho, enough about that. Let's get into things. I want to kick things off with how was your week? How was your day? Ari. Uh, well, I'm finally back to work. Yay. Yeah, I still had to drive up to the company headquarters, which was an hour drive. You know, but like one way and have me with their medical staff in person. I don't know why they wouldn't. They wouldn't or couldn't do telemed. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I got cleared to go back to work, and I started back at work yesterday. Well, I think they might need to see you physically, face-to-face, you know? Yeah, that they did have me do a, some basic, yeah. you know, motor, like, uh, motor skills things. Mm-hmm. So. Although, although I will say I did manage to stop at one of the, uh, <clears throat> one of the rest areas that have been torn down and rebuilt Mm -hmm. and they now have among other things a panda express inside okay which not bad but it sucks that that's like the only place i can find them i mean look there's none of the malls around me have them i don't think but here's but again i haven't been to very many malls in a while so (laughs) but ari there is absolutely no fucking need for anyone to go to a Panda Express, where you can get actual tasty Chinese food around the corner from your house. Even if oh, that, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. I I'm mean, like, I'm, I'm surprised there's actually three in New York City. I'm just like, seriously? Y'all feeding for orange chicken that badly? Y'all need to <laughs> stop. And I've seen all the uh, discussions about what a real good Chinese food re- place is supposed to look like inside, and uh, yeah, the the ones by me all have all those things. See, I from as it's generally been told, the best restaurants are the are the are the hole in the walls, the ones that you don't really hear about. You hear about through word of mouth, something like that. Yeah, they have the uh, sun bleached pictures of the all the dishes yeah. up over the register and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was just a nice thing to uh, behold. I'm like, yeah, don't bring Pan Express in here. All the there's some really good places around here. Uh, but as much as I like being back to work and getting paid the miles to travel to and from my uh, assignment every day, getting up at 4 a.m. sucks. Well, yeah, I used to do, used to get up at 0500 on a regular. Trust me, I understand. Even when getting enough sleep, but still, you know? Oh, yeah. And I haven't really been sleeping all that soundly the past couple of days, so mm. that's just making shit worse. Eh, you'll, it's probably it's because it's be your body's getting back into the routine, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? And welcome back. Yeah, I'm uh, feeling a little bit better. That's good. My voice still isn't, you know, a hundred percent, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean. Other than that, I've been at home, um, dog sitting, and I had my cousin out here for a little bit, and uh, now just, you know, trying to get back to normal. <laughs> but that's the million-dollar question. What is normal? Um, 
whatever the hell I want it to be. Yeah, pretty fair. much. Okay, fair. Also, dog sitting, how the cat's been taking it. Oh, no, I've been going over to my mother's. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm not... I'm not bringing an 80-pound puppy into my house to scare the cats. Not happening. You mean to scare one cat? The other cat will just lay it and be like, nah. I don't know how Damien would be with a dog. I mean, he is very laid back and nonchalant because, Mm. you know, he is an old man. But at the same time, he's never had to deal with dogs. So I really actually no, he did. No, no, he's never had to deal with dogs. He still wouldn't be thrilled, I guess. No, I don't think so. And uh, Sia Dabiri says, normal. Isn't that the cat Garfield hate it? Wait, no, that's normal. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm just, you know, trying to get things together because like, oh, wait, it's, you know, almost Halloween and I have people coming over. I should probably, you know, clean. Mm-hmm. So my weekend day has been the usual, except that on Saturday, I went to the New York Renaissance Fair. Um, One of my uh, close cosplaying friends, Julia Rica, had her second birthday there. So I think it's going to become a tradition as she wanted everyone to dress up. But I didn't because I totally sort of forgot. I mean, I knew it was coming up, but between work and home and planning other stuff, finding a cost, finding an outfit I wanted totally slipped my mind. But given that Zenkai Khan's theme this year is medieval, I think I have a couple of cosplays in question that I may have to do, so. And I may just get around to getting that kilt. But anywho, going up to the Renfair was fun. Um, One of my friends was there. She mentioned on my personal Facebook that she was there but totally didn't see me. But you gotta understand, New York Renaissance Fair is huge. So, when I went last year, I ran into like five or six people that I knew, and I had no clue that they were going. And if they did post on their socials that they were going, thanks to the algorithms, I never knew. But, here's here's the thing. Now, Julia wanted everybody there by 9 o'clock. Now, you know how it is when you go to certain events and so forth, especially like a concert, you want to get there early because you want a good parking space. But at the same time, you want to balance out. You don't want to get there too, too early and be bored out of your skull. Thankfully, the Ren Fair opens at 10. So they got up and, and the plan for me was to go up to Suffern and one of my other friends, Shane, was supposed to pick me up and we go over and get there at 9. Makes sense, right? Uh So, I set my alarm for 4.55 a.m. I woke up at 5.08. Thankfully, I had everything packed that I needed for, you know, to go. So, I jump out, shower up, pack up everything. I hear the rain pouring like, whoa, and I'm like, I'm not bringing my camera. Fuck that. So, gear up, and I start walking. And it didn't help that the train by my house wasn't running, so I had to go further up. So, 
I hadn't even walked 10 minutes and I looked at the time and I'm just like, it's, I, I'm cutting it close because I need to be in Penn Station no later than 714 because that's the first train out to get me up to Suffern. All right, so I get a lift. I go all the way down to Church Avenue. Hop the F train. And I'm, mind you, I'm time. I'm I'm pl- I'm just doing the trip planner through through Google Maps to make sure I get there in time. And the thing is, I was making good fucking time. I really was. Until the one thing that can happen that can throw everybody's commute off. Take a guess. Trains were late. No. Well, they were, but. It was the one thing this time that caused the trains to be late. Uh, problems with the weather? No, it's not snowing. Okay, fine. Uh, I don't know then. Some asshole got hit by a train at 34th Street. Oof. Yeah, that threw all of the trains off. Now, you would think that, okay, you catch the next train up. Yeah. Train runs every hour going up there. So, but thankfully, I was able to get some breakfast. And I got up there by 8.14. And then I had to take another lift from the train station all the way over. Because where the parking is, basically, if you pull out, you're going to lose that spot. You know, And there's a lot of places like this, so I totally get it. But I finally got there. Now... There is a train that goes up to the Ren Fair per se. Like it go there's like if, if the train went two more stops, I could have caught a cab I could have caught a lift there and it would have been half price. But no. They're doing work on the lines on the week so that they don't run all the way up to Port Jervis on the weekends. So, you know, hey, whatever. You know. You know, see the beer he says, the trains to Rockland are a pain in the ass. Yep. Yes, they are. But I got there, walked around, participated with some games, ate some uh, fair food, and I had a pretty good time, you know? And it was good. Thankfully, where we were, the rain didn't follow us, so it was fine. And we had a good time. I got in late because, you know, somehow I, on the way back, we had to help a friend, you know, check their check her tires. And when I got dropped off... And it was like they were going down to the Palisades to hang out. And, I and you know, calculating things, it's like, if I went with them to the Palisades Mall, one of the friends could drive further down for me to catch a train closer to my house, and I could get home. But I wouldn't get in until maybe about 1 o'clock in the morning, give or take. So I'm like, you know what? I will sit here, and I'll wait, and I'll ride it out. And then I realized on the, way, on the ride back down, my battery pack was dead. I thought I had fully charged it. But thankfully... I had my Switch with me, so I was able to, you know, play my Switch. Which I guess I started taking my Switch when I travel these long these long distances. So, you know. So, you know. Overall, it was a great time. And I enjoyed myself. And I also want to give a special shout out to the, to the Chinese restaurant that I ordered from when I got home. I got home about 11.30 and basically everybody was closed. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not in the mood for pizza. I found this one Chinese restaurant that was open that had Japanese food. So I got um, so I got Jinjo Show's chicken and 
salmon skin salad. According to Grubhub, 45 minutes. There's a knock at my door 20 minutes later. I was just like, damn. I know. Fast. And also, to wrap things up, I want to give a quick shout out to Grubhub for fixing the mistake that they made when I went to uh, RetroCon. They gave me a discount code for my trouble. So they didn't fully explain what happened, but I got something. And I'm just like, fair enough. So, you know, enough about that. Let's move right along to housekeeping. And let me go ahead and update. And don't forget, every episode, Episodes of, of Anime Jam Session can be found on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash anime jam session. Click on playlists and you'll see podcast VODs. Episodes are there. They will go up Thursday around 12 noon. If it's not up by 12 noon Thursday, that means I forgot my apologies and it'll be up the next day. Like when I went to RetroCon and when I came back, I realized I was like a bunch of episodes behind. So episodes went up Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we're all caught up and we are officially golden with that. Um, don't forget, we have upcoming conventions. So we have three more conventions for our 2022 um, pandemic pandemic conventions tour. Another anime con. Westford, Massachusetts, October 16th to the 18th. And if you're going, please stop by my podcasting and Twitch panel. I'm not going to teach you how to design twi- how to design your layouts and all of that. I'm going to explain to you what is podcasting, what is Twitch streaming, recording video, and the hardware and software you need to do to get to get the ball rolling. So, and it, and I know there's going to be people with a lot of questions, especially now that OBS 28 has been released. And I just had to up. I just updated my presentation, flip things around, come through, hang out, have questions. I'm here for it. And I just heard the sound effect from my Xbox that it's shutting, that it's turning off. And I'm quite okay with that. Let's see. Uh, DerpyCon, October 20th to the 30th, East Brunswick, New Jersey. I was going to do a panel there, but I totally forgot. But the time cut off. But I have to reach out to them about, about press to make sure we're golden with that. And Anime NYC at the Jacob K. Javits Center, uh, November 18th to the 20th. And I also got to reach out to them about press because I have not heard back. So figure things out. So now we got that all out the way. We're going to get into a uh, geek roundtable. This is a part of the show where we talk about the geekier aspects of our week. Uh, Ari, kick things off with what you want to share. And I think what I got for this week, I might have already discussed it, but we'll find out. Yeah, sad to say I don't really have anything special to all share. Right. Just... I know. It, you watch I, any? I, you watch any anime or catch up with any uh, card games or anything? Uh, just been watching the uh, the stuff coming out for the the uh, Dominaria United set that's and the uh, the brothers the brothers wars coming out. They okay. have a new unset Infinity, which is a a, a, cir- a carnival slash circus in space, and. Uh, well, just with since it's Magic's thirtieth anniversary, yeah, some of the uh, limited edition stuff they produce, like they announced they're putting out, is a uh, pretty freaking uh, slick, and it's a. Uh, I just know it's going to cause a lot of problems. Mm. <laughs> M- mostly because it's like the 
products are on what's called the reserve list, meaning they don't print it anymore. Mm. I'll, uh, I'll link you the article in the personal chat to, uh, all right, cool. Let you know what I'm talking about. I appreciate that. But as for, uh, what's this you're showing off, Mako? Um, <clears throat> he's never yeah. seen the movie. No, I've seen Caddy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, uh, going through, as I said, that, uh, there's some stuff that, um, my mother has been collecting, and since I'm displaying all the crap, she's giving me all of her crap to display. Um, since, you know, she had it sitting around. So one of the things that she got for herself, because she actually really enjoys the movie, is Caddyshack. Um, so yeah, so I have a Caddyshack gopher. Um, obviously the batteries are dead, because this thing is pretty damn old. Um, but if the batteries were not dead, it does dance and play the song. <laughs> So yeah, I I have I have a very weird, strange, eclectic collection of crap. That's an understatement if I've never if I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm sure if you uh you know if you found what a little battery pack was, you can you know open it up and switch to batteries. Yeah, he's sitting on a base, so I know it shouldn't be hard to actually... But he's, like, strapped into the box. And you don't want to take apart the box. I don't want to take the box apart just Mm -hmm. to pull him out, change the batteries. Especially since I'm pretty sure that the batteries are probably corroded. So then I have to actually clean everything out. Now just make things more... No, you just need a little bit of rubbing alcohol. Well, yeah, I mean, but still, it's more than I want to do when he's legit, you know, still strapped in the box. Mm. Keep the value up. Not that I think there's any to it. Okay, fair. For a second there, I thought you actually was going to try to attempt it. Please don't. No, I'm just looking to see what other people have it priced as. Mm. Well, while you do that, I'm going to show off one thing that I bought. I bought this Blu-ray back in August, and I don't remember if I talked about it, but one of the things that I got very excited over was Discotech Media's uh, digital remaster of Project Echo the movie. And what made things even better was they found the original 35mm master. Now, I've already shown that off. What I didn't know was they're basically going to be digitally remastering all of the OVAs and movies in the series. So, I went out pre-ordered Project Echo 2 plot of the Daito Kuji Financial Group, so that came a couple of months ago, and yes, it is still sealed. That's because I haven't had a moment's notice to watch this. 
I have to admit, since I got back into watching anime on the regular, I would say every fall, winter, spring, winter, I always find one or two new series to watch. Maybe a third is a classic. I don't know. It just depends on how I feel. This last season, I was following six to seven series right behind each other. Then again, during the summertime, my normal TV programming is not is not on. So, you know, I was like, why not? And as Bob Coffey says, speaking of anime, I recommend Lycoris Recoil. Oh, my God. Yes. Lycoris Recoil is so good. As one reviewer says, it's like if John Wick was an anime. Take the movie Debs and slap it in with John Wick. There's like Horus Recoil. I think I'd like to see that. <laughs> it's on Crunchyroll. And one of my friends was like, he didn't really could get into it. He's like, what's the point of the main character not killing people? And I said, you have to watch the you have to watch the series to understand why she doesn't do it. And I think when you and it does, and when you find out the reason why, it makes absolute sense. So you know. So that's what I have here. Um, now we're going to get into um, today's uh, topics. And the first story Mako is going to take, but I just want to say up front that we have discussed this in the past on a prior episode. But now we know exactly what's going on. And I'll say more about it once Mako gets into the whole detailing of it. Yeah, so um, we have talked about Bleach coming back. Um, to do Thousand Year Blood War, mm-hmm. which is the latest arc that the manga is going through. Um, weird thing is that it's coming to Disney Plus internationally. Mm-hmm. Hulu in the States, which that does make sense because this is one that's being put out by Viz. And Viz runs their anime through Hulu. So mm-hmm. that was kind of expected. The Disney Plus thing is weird, especially since, you know, that's what's going internationally. Um, but anyway, the anime is running for four quarter year seasons, um, but each one is going to have a break. So we're getting the first premiere episode at um, on October 10th, which is basically October 11th um, at midnight on Tokyo TV and its affiliates, and it will stream on 20-plus services in Japan, including Hulu and Disney+. Plus. The North American premiere is going to actually be uh, this weekend, which is New York Comic Con. Yep. Um, so it's actually going to premiere earlier than in Japan, and it will. Um, this series is going to be simulcast, so it will drop on Hulu uh, for us at least um, as it drops in Japan. So um, we are looking at basically uh, most of a returning series. Obviously, there are going to be new characters because there are new characters in the new manga arc. So we are going to have new voice actors for those. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are looking at uh, most of the original cast coming back. Um, 
and I'm just going to go through the uh, English version. Mm -hmm. So we are getting Jenny Young Bush back. We're getting Michelle Ruff back. Um, we're getting Stephanie Shea back. <clears throat> Careful. Um, yeah, so going to hear what we normally hear um, both in the U.S. and in the Japanese version. Um, yeah, so I'm... I, I never finished the series, but I did enjoy it, so I am kind of looking forward to it. Me, personally, I watched it for Uruhara Kisuke, but by the time episode 24 rolled around, it was too slow. So, I just stopped watching. Now, as Bob Coffee says here in our chat at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session... It's Hulu because Disney Plus got the Japanese rights. Disney has been pretty aggressive overseas with license acquisitions. Well, don't forget, they also have the rights to Summertime Render, and it's been in Disney Plus jail from, from day one. Now, I have been saying, not just on the show, but on Facebook, on social media, we don't have any proof or anything that Disney has the rights. And even if they do, we do not know how the edits are going to be. So y'all need to calm the F down. One of my friends is highly upset over the fact of how Viz handled the whole situation. And I said to him, you ever heard of an NDA? For those of you who don't know, an NDA is called a non-disclosure agreement. Basically, when you sign one of these, there are things you cannot talk about in regards to that. Some jobs require you to sign an NDA, which means you can tell people you work at that job, but you can't tell them what you do exactly. It's like that. So in regards to this, I believe there was an NDA between um, the licensors and Disney, give or take, and they just couldn't talk about it. Now, anime it really isn't a thing on Disney Plus U.S., but if you go outside of the U.S. and check out Disney+, Plus, you'll find stuff that's on Netflix on Disney+. Plus. Like, in some countries, Disney+, Plus is, sh is streaming Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. an odd thing to uh, combine. I know, it is. But... And, and what it is, mm -hmm. what it is, in countries that... I mean, Disney is big in the United States. Mm -hmm. It is its own brand. Um, and they are bringing in some, you know, anime and things like that. But at least here, Disney Plus is for mostly Disney. Outside of the States, Disney Plus is treated like any other streaming platform. Mm -hmm. um, and it is licensed differently because of that. Mm -hmm. So they do pick up a lot of things that you would not think about that way because you're not really going to get something like a Paramount Plus outside of the States since, you know, that is... Um... Actually, Paramount Plus is available in some countries. And what's interesting is it was called Paramount Plus in some countries before it was rebranded as that here. Yeah, but yeah. it's not... It's not as it's, well known. Well, no, it's no? because like Paramount Plus is based off of a monopoly of mm -hmm. television stations from here. Mm -hmm. 
something like Criminal Minds doesn't necessarily show on that particular station outside of the country. So for it to be picked up by something like Disney Plus makes sense. Actually, I I see I see where you're going with this. But if you look up Criminal Minds, I think on the wiki, it usually tells you which stations like will carry it. Like we all remember Spike TV, right? Mm-hmm. And not that, from a lack of trying. Yeah, <laughs> it, but believe it or not, outside of the U.S. and North America, Spike TV is still a thing. And they show various programming on there, so there's that. And, you know, licensing and so forth, you know. It's just... Licensing in, in various countries are very discombobulating, especially in the U.S. And if you don't believe me, look up uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Read that wiki article. Thank you. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the the rights for that. All over. Yeah, secu- yeah. yeah, securing the rights for that was a nightmare. Yep. And the game still did good. But, you know, as you were saying, Mako, I'm sorry. Well, no, because Mm -hmm. um, what I was saying before Paramount Plus became a thing here, Mm -hmm. um, Criminal Minds was on Netflix. Yep. And then as soon as Paramount Plus came around. The um, the licensing basically ended and, you know. Right. They Mm -hmm. they are allowing Netflix to have it for the licensed agreement time. Mm -hmm. But once that's over, um, it's like they don't have the last two or three seasons on Netflix. They never got the licensing for those because those went straight to Paramount+. Plus. Now, as Ari says, a whole new soundtrack for the international release. Li- music licensing, that's what happened. Like, if you watch Inuyasha on Hulu, the opening theme is gone due to the licensing. Um, Honestly, all the times I've watched Inuyasha, even on uh, Adult Swim, I don't think I've ever heard any of its opening themes once i no the they did have they did have the first season theme but they always played the ending themes those themes oh, yeah. are gone like me and mako we whenever i'm having it out with her and i'm looking for something to watch we watch charmed the opening theme is gone due to licensing rights mm-hmm. uh-huh. and this is something i think we have mentioned previously before and things like this does happen like if you remember the anime Giver, if you find the Giver VHS tapes, the original opening and ending themes are on it. If you find the DVD releases, I'm not talking Giver, the bio-boosted armor, the, the remake. I'm talking about the other Giver DVDs, which I think I might have. The opening and ending themes are gone due to licensing. And it's now that because because things shows are so popular, people want more money for licensing. Like, uh, it's, like, it's like not sh- just a licensing for thing like that. Um, they went through it with Supernatural too, mm-hmm. um, for something like Charmed as well. Mm-hmm. You get licensed for a song, and they say this is going to be on, this is going to air on TV, and then we're going to use the song for the physical release. Mm-hmm. Streaming wasn't a thing back then. Yep. They didn't actually have licensing for streaming. Mm-hmm. They, they have to uh, come up with new uh, they have to right. renegotiate the contract. Right. Yeah. So for Charmed, they didn't have the licensing for that um, the theme song for streaming rights because streaming wasn't a thing. Same thing with Supernatural. Supernatural, the first two seasons streaming 
aren't the same music at all. None of the same music is the same for the first two streaming series uh, seasons. After that, they said, oh, hey, there's the streaming, you know, we're going to try and do that. So by the end of it, yes, it's all tied in. But that's, I mean, once streaming became a big thing, that's where a lot of that, you know, kind of gray area came in, too. Mm-hmm. They weren't prepared for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's interesting, Captain and the Game Master, something similar with that. There was a, there was a, beat, a thriller was in one of the episodes. You buy the DVD, it's just generic Halloween music. And as Bob Coffey says, licensing fuckery, take a look at Macross franchise until last year. Yeah. Thank you very much, Carl Masick and Harmony Gold. And what's it? It's a reason. That, like, there's a reason it's called a massacre. Yeah. But you know what's really funny? There are there are Robotech fans that actually hate Macross. Okay. And I'm just like, at first, my mind is like kind of blown. But then again, you have people who love the original Deke Sailor Moon hate the redub by Viz and and in some cases the original subtitle version because it takes away from their memories which I get but at least understand your source material yeah but I mean look mm-hmm. at again look at Sailor Moon Sailor mm-hmm. Moon didn't have any of the Japanese music licensed I thought they did but Deke just like axed it no. Okay. They wanted too much for the licensing. Okay. The only thing they got was the melody to do the theme song. Mm-hmm. But and like, we all know how well that went. Yeah, but I mean it worked. It did. Even something as simple as a musical version. Mm-hmm. Um Alan and Ann. Alan plays a flute or Ollie. Um it's not the same flute music and all it is is flute music. So they had to completely change even that mm-hmm. when they brought it to the States because they didn't have the licensing for it and couldn't get the licensing for it. So, and I mean, now you're, 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 you're talking nineties. So, I mean, they didn't really give a crap. Now that wouldn't fly. Now they would pay for the licensing to be able to have it here. And actually what's happening now, because how popular streaming is, it's part of the the licensing in general now. So, you know, mm-hmm. well, not even just streaming, even just showing it on TV. Mm-hmm. They're having, they're giving the licensing or allowing the licensing and allowing it to be part of the series instead of going, Hey, no, you have to pay for, you know, the actual anime and the music separate. Like, that isn't... I mean, it's not really a thing. It's it's combined because anime has become so popular. So you get a couple of those, you know, shows and a couple of the series and a couple of, you know, the various live actions, and it's all licensed together now instead of being licensed separately. Mm-hmm. I think we've got that all pretty covered. So uh-huh. we, I, I think we beat that horse. I don't think we beat that horse per se. I think we've properly educated. I prefer that term. I got a feeling we'll be revisit, revisiting this inevitably sometime in the future. Most likely, yes. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite animes. Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. 
a season two basically has been announced. A teaser video is available. There are new illustrations that are available by Keiji Mizoguchi, the artist for the original light novel series. The sequel will adapt the original um, like volumes eight and nine of the light novels, which is Rascal Does Not Dream of a Sister Venturing Out and Rascal Does Not Dream of a Knapsack Kid. It's still unclear whether it'll be a TV, anime, or film. Well, I said season two, but let's be real. It's going to be a season two. The main staff is coming back to work on this. Soichi Masui will direct at Cloverworks with series composition and scripting by Masahiro Yokotani with character design by Satomi Tamura. Originally a light novel series written by Hajime Kamoshida and illustrated by Keiji Mizoguchi, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai follows Sakura Asagawa, a high school student who begins to investigate adolescent syndrome after meeting a bunny girl who no one else seems to notice. After receiving an anime back in 2018, the series was adapted into an anime film called Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl, which premiered in 2019. Okay, so let me tell y'all a little something. If y'all haven't figured it out by now, I'm the budget anime guy. I have access to all these streaming shows, uh, services. There are, there are not many anime titles that I will purchase. If I really enjoy and love it enough... I will buy it. And most likely, it'll probably stay sealed on my shelf until I decide to crack it open. Because let's be real, streaming services are now doing 4K. So, you know, I can just pop it up at any time that I want. But okay. sometimes it's easier just to grab it off the shelf and pop it in. Rascal Does That Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai was one, is one of those series. And the thing that I hated was the pricing on it. 13 episodes, the box set was like $150. Oof. Yeah. Aniplex does the, the, basically the old school pricing, like if we've talked about in, pre, in the episodes prior, where merchandise in Japan for a series is cheap, but the physical release of DVDs and Blu-rays are expensive. So I sat and I waited. I picked up the box set for the TV series and the movie for $150. And that's like basically one of that's in my top five list of expensive box sets. I mean, the animes I purchased. Right under that, number two would be Love Life Sunshine the movie. That I think I dropped about a hundred and some odd dollars on it because it was a limited run by Funimation. So when this comes out, I will watch it. And if it comes out on a physical release, I'll be keeping tabs on it, and I will eventually purchase it. And this is more one of those thinking animes. This is not a this is not an anime where you can sit down and marathon all day. It, I think I waited till the entire series was out, and I started watching it. It took me about a month to watch all of it because I was like, after two or three episodes, it was just overloaded. I was like. I needed time to digest what I watched and then keep going, you know? It, it took you some time to process everything, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Ah, we were talking about My Dress Up Darling. Uh, let's see. I believe... This one's mine. Yeah. By the way, have any, either of y'all watched that yet? 
No. I can't say that I have. I think y'all will really like it. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Saitama City is bringing one of its local industries to Tokyo this November with the help of the My Dress Up Darling anime. Saitama doll maker Suzuki Ningyo was the inspiration behind the Gojo doll shop in the anime and manga, which saw massive sales increases during the airing of the anime, helping to repopularize the craft. To bring more promotion to the craft, the series and Saitama Tourism Agency have announced an exhibition of Saitama-made Iwatsuki Ningyo dolls. <clears throat> the exhibition will show the traditional techniques of how dolls, as well as the collection of how they're, they're made, as well as collections from around the city. It aims to help revitalize the industry and show off the attractiveness of the dolls and Saitama City itself, helping to drive tourism from domestic and international visitors, as Japan will be open to foreign tours by the time the exhibition starts. <clears throat> uh, this will be held on the first basement floor at the Kite Maronichi on November 26th and 22nd, uh, 2022. Uh my Dress Up Darling, the anime, aired from January 9th to March 27th of this year and was directed by Keisuke Shinohara with, anime, with animation produced by Cloverworks. And they've already got a sequel in production. Mm. I know. that I heard the announcement about that. I'm like, I can't wait. I, like, what kind of dolls are they talking about? Porcelain dolls, I believe. Ugh. You know, like the porcelain geisha style dolls? I believe it's those. I've I've always just found those like super creepy. No, I've actually didn't mind those. I actually like those. Hmm. Uh, you know, Bob's saying it's legit good here in the chat. It is. I mean, my dress up darling is pretty wholesome, and for some people, it's their friggin' biography. Hmm. Uh, definitely be something to check out. Yeah, it's like oh, I think it's only thirteen episodes. Yeah. Let me open this up real quick. Yeah. Yep, that's basically what it is. And I just realized I didn't update the like the bottom the rest of the articles here. I thought I thought I did. Um You got my message right. What message? All right, hold on, hold on, I'm checking here. Alright. Uh, if you need you need to go now? Yeah. Alright, so go. That's fine. I just, I just, you know, can't operate under, under too little sleep, you know. No, I, 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 I totally get it. I totally get it. Believe you me. Thanks for understanding. Of course. I mean, See, uh, next week I won't be here because I'll be on the, the day shift. Yeah, but I, I will get to see you for the uh, convention. Yeah, I believe that. I think Barry, Barry Mellon will be joining us for that. So it's all good in the hood, man. All right, thanks, man. All right, all right you take care and. And I'll see you at the con next weekend. Okay, let me go ahead and turn his off. And let me turn this on. There we go. All right, now that we got that out the way, uh, let's get into the next art, next story here. Um, this is this is another good anime that um. That was mentioned in the chat room, and and I didn't even know something like this was going on until I just happened to stumble across it, you know, while I was um on Facebook. So, and this is something that that kind of frustrates me when it comes to watching various anime titles. 
And it's more from the American fans than it is the Japanese fans. So, but basically what it is, uh, one of the script writer for Lycordis Recoil is being harassed for not writing a Yuri relationship. So, basically, you know, the anime, just so you know, the anime tells the story of a secret organization called DA, Direct Attack, that employs orphan girls to fight against any kind of threats that want to destroy the peace of Tokyo, Japan. Since the start of the series, the two main characters, Chisato Nishikigi and Takina Inoue, have been shipped together by fans, which is a given. Like, look at Love Live, Uten, and all that. Let's move on. Many anime fans expected the series to go to Yuri Root at the finale, where a clear romantic relationship between the two will be shown, but that wasn't the case. Some frustrated fans took to the Twitter account of the screenwriter for Lycoris Recoil and to tell them how, he, how they felt. One Twitter user, uh, Bailey GR, pointed out that some fans were harassing the production staff of the, original, of the studio, A1 Pictures. And they were going after one of the scriptwriters uh, with the Twitter name of Kanadanova uh, Kambayashi, who wrote the script for episodes 4, 8, 9, 11, 12, and 13. The scriptwriter tweeted thanks to all the fans who watched the show, but the replies turned into nasty comments, and basically due to the harassment, he had to disable comments on the tweet. Some people were saying, so what do you think of Takina? Is she really a heroine in your opinion? Do you think Majima is more important than Takina? If that's what you think, then don't write any scripts because you don't even know who the main character is. Takina hurts and has been beaten many times but gets nothing from Chisato, whether in words or affection. Episodes 4 and 9 are perfect, but why episode 13 is so bad in affection handling? I hope they can see Takina and Chisato's relationship have substantial change in season 2. Will it come true? And, and it's a lot more. What's more worrying is that some of the comments have gotten hundreds of likes, which means many fans of the series feel the same way. Even if someone like, doesn't like the ending, this does not give them the authority to harass anyone. So, like, I'll say this. I sat down and finally watched Toradora. I didn't like how it ended. But I understood, and it made sense to me. Again... And as Bob Coffey says, have these people watched the same fucking show as I have? Yes, but their mind goes a different way. For a lot of fans, if two girls are on screen hanging out, building a friendship, it's going to turn into something. But on the same token, if it's a if it's a shonen series or whatever, if it's two guys, girls react the same way. But the only difference is a lot of I'm not, a lot of the female fan base are a lot more civilized than the dudes. But you still got those assholes. Case in point, uh, Voltron Legendary Defender. If you don't know, Google it. But the issue that I have is, just because two girls are being friendly to each other, that does not mean they're going to end up a romantic couple. You can do an anime without that happening, you know? It's fine. But the only time I will not apply that when it comes to idol animes, because the idol anime fandom, that's that's a bunch of craziness right in its own little world, okay? 
The shipping over, the, they ship so hard, it even puts FedEx to shame, okay? And I will let them do that. I mean, I've watched it. I thought it was great. I don't. I didn't see a point in them being a couple. They, they wanted to be friends. Let them be friends. If in season two, if it develops into something, then yes, let it develop. You know. And as Bob Coffee says, they ship so hard they are shipping at warp nine. Huh? Who are you kidding? Marco, you feel me on this, right? I agree. Not everything. Not every series. Not every show actually needs a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't think that shipping needs... I, I mean, you can ship all you want, and you can ship in, you know, fan fiction and fan art and all of that. You don't need to force it in the series itself. Just, just, just let it be, you know. Hold on, just updating this. But you know what? The fan base isn't going to stop me from watching season two if there is one, you know. Mm. And as Bob Coffee says, Lyco Rico takes influence from buddy cop movies. Okay, yeah, you are right, because. Uh, Chisato is happy-go-lucky. She she just goes, she just rolls with the punches, but she's she's badass. And Takina is basically by the book. If you ever seen Dragnet the movie, that's all you need to know. Something like that. But um, I kind of feel bad for the scriptwriter. I really do. Hmm. Okay, moving right along. Um, KFC Spanish Twitter me Twitter memes it up, and what's funny is I didn't even know I saw I saw the the meme. I didn't even know it came off of theirs. I thought someone made it up, and I threw it into into the Tiffany Grant face uh, fan uh, fan club on Facebook, and she was like, "Sure, why not?" I'm just like, "Well, yeah, you know." Am I taking this one? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, KFC Spanish Twitter is known for being a little out there sometimes. So this past Thursday, the account posted a black and white photo of Colonel Sanders with a Photoshop, including um, Asuka from Eva. The Colonel smiles while Asuka looks wistfully into the distance. Um, last year, the account went viral because they showed a series of flirting tweets with Kaguya-sama Love is War series. Um, two weeks after, KFC posted a tweet of Colonel Sanders with Chika. Um, uh, Kaguya-sama's official Twitter account made a nod to the meme by posting an image of a Chica acrylic stand next to a KFC box. Um, KFC Spain replied in the best way possible with a kiss from the colonel himself from the uh, romance game. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> I still need to play that. Sure you do. 
I do. I do. It's a cute ass game. Uh, Mako chan. What? You're drooling. I know. He's cute. <laughs> oh, God. Can't take you anywhere. Anyway, so yeah, um, the various KFC Twitters are uh, memeing it up, basically. And I sent the, uh, the I, I and I sent a link to the uh, Kaguya one to my friend Daryl because it's basically he raves about how great it is. So, which it's on my list to watch. So maybe when I finally get some downtime. And as you can see in our chat here, I actually posted the picture, you know, it kind of makes sense, you know, it, it, it just works. Put the fishnet, put the fishnet on your hair, Shinji. <laughs> and I see the beer, he says, better than a screenshot from the Mario Lopez movie. What, Mar what Mario Lopez movie? I heard he's in the movie, but I don't know what. <laughs> oh, God. All right, um, we're, we're going to get into our final title uh, story of the night. And it's something I think this I think we kind of picked up on this. I think we talked about this during the merger of Warner Brothers and Discovery. All right. The Colonel Sanders mini movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was I think that was just done just for shits and giggles, if you ask me. So. All right. Um. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, yeah. So, basically, a lot of Crunchyroll titles and so forth are going the way of the Dodo Bird on Adult Swim. So, according... So, as said by Toonami co-creator and Adult Swim senior VP head of anime and action series, Jason DeMarco... He confirmed on Tuesday on Twitter that Adult Swim has stopped the streams of Blade Runner Black Lotus, Shenmue the Animation, and Fina Pirate Princess series on the website. DeMarco says that it's looking like no season two of Shenmue, even though it did well enough to gear up for one. Personally, I think Shenmue is low budget, and I can think of better titles that should have gotten a sequel and an anime, but that's just me. And... If you check um, Adult Swim's website, those titles are gone. DeMarco described it, the removed series as being written off. But you can still watch them as digital downloads on Crunchyroll. Subtitled only. I guess I guess Adult Swim Toonami had the rights to the dub, but all eh, maybe they can get the rights and redo it or something. I don't know. Crunchyroll and Adult Swim announced back in 2018 their partnership with Alcon Entertainment to produce uh, the Blade Runner Black Lotus series, which was based on Blade Runner 2049, the sequel to the original 1982 Blade Runner movie. The series premiered on Crunchyroll and Adult Swim's Toonami block uh, here in the States back in November of last year. Adult Swim has worldwide distribution rights to an English dub version of the show outside of Asia. Crunchyroll streams to anime worldwide. Which means, I believe if Netflix could, they could try to acquire the dubbed rights or something like that. It's kind of like how two different streaming series is on, well, streaming series on two different series and, and streaming sites and all that craziness. 
Crunchyroll and Adult Swim also announced a collaboration to produce an anime series based on Yu Suzuki's Shenmue game back in 2020. The anime premiered early this year, February 6th, on both Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. Toonami airs the show in North America with an English dub, and Crunchyroll streams the English subtitle version worldwide outside of Japan and China. The series premiered in Japan in April. Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, and Crunchyroll unveiled Fina, Pirate Princess, as a Crunchyroll original back in July of 2020, and it premiered on Toonami, Adult Swim's Toonami Block August of last year, ahead of the Japanese premiere. Production IG, uh, uh, the production IG show streamed with Japanese audio and English subtitles on Crunchyroll and ran with the English dub on Adult Swim. The anime premiered in Japan on October 2021. And as you all know, unless you, your head was stuck in the sand, AT&T spun off Adult Swim's parent company, Warner Media, which then merged with Discovery back on April 8th, and a, new, and a newly merged Warner Brothers, or as it's called, Warner Brothers Discovery, then took an $825 million write-down on a wide variety of content, which was a lot of anime and original animation programming and movies. I really, I was really interested in seeing Batgirl. In a write-down, a company declares that an asset has been reduced to value to limit its tax burden. However, as a result, the company normally cannot earn more revenue than a written-down asset. So, basically, because of all of this, technically these titles no longer exist. Maybe if we're lucky, some, we can find. We'll see the dubs on Crunchyroll or something like that. Who knows? This whole merger is a giant cluster F, and the CEO doesn't know his ass from a hole in a wall. But anywho, say what? I agree on that one. Thank you. I really, really wanted to see the Batgirl movie. I just didn't like what the CEO said about women and, and programming. You know, that really that really got under my under my nerves too. And for those of you who don't know, the CEO basically says something along the lines of, "Women would not be interested in shows like this. They're more geared towards our reality programming." Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. And now we're at the part of the show that y'all really like to stick around for. Meanwhile, in Japan. Okay. Um, let's take a look at this. I guess I have to take the last story. <laughs> take the first one. Okay. It's all yours. Yeah, we can put the uh, second one somewhere else. Yeah, I'll save that for next week, and I'll edit it, and I'll edit it out of the uh, description. So, um, applications are now open for, uh, I guess, uh, a night of glory. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So, what is going on is that. <clears throat> um yeah so what is going on is the town uh the town of Koka um which is in Shiga, uh, Shiga prefecture is the home of the Koga ninja clan Koka wears its love for its heritage on its shinobi sleeve 
And in the latest awesome example of how the town is, um, uh, of how, sorry, of how the town is currently recruiting 100 participants for a nighttime ninja versus samurai battle. Um, this is going to be held later in the month. It's going to pit two teams against each other in a moonlight battle competition on the site of the ruins of Minakuchi Okiyama Castle. Uh, before the castle's destruction, the samurai uh, Natsuka Masai was the last lord of the stronghold. After allying with the losing uh, Toyotomi forces at the Battle of Sekigara in 1600, Natsuka retreated to Minakuchi uh, Okiyama, which was, the, which was then attacked by and fell to the Tokugawa army. All of the above is a matter of established historical record, and given the proximity of the castle to one of Japan's major sources of ninja for hire, it's not too much of a stretch of the imagination to envision Koga Ninja playing a role in the successful siege. That bit of historical speculation is the inspiration behind the Shinobi Yochi, or Shinobi Night Attack event. Once night falls, the 50-person ninja team will make their way up the hill to the castle site, where they will try to assassinate as many members of the 50-person defending samurai army as they can. Of course, Japan has become a, less, a much less violent place since the end of the feudal era, so the ninja won't actually be shanking their prey. <laughs> or will the samurai warriors be lop lopping off any heads as they defend the castle? Instead, each participant will be given a foam sword and a pair of targets to wear on their shoulders. Being struck causes the target to light up, confirming the kill. Once defeated, the participant must hand over a wooden dog tag with his name to the killer to be counted as points for his team at the end of the battle. Samurai and Ninja each have three lives, but after losing each, one must withdraw to their home base to have the light turned off by a game official. And that's just the beginning of the detailed game system. For starters, not all kills are worth the same amount of points. Rank and file samurai, for example, are worth 10 points, while samurai generals are worth 100. One member of the samurai team will also take on the role of Lord Natsuka himself, and his one and only dog tag is worth a whopping 500 points. So keeping him safe is priority for the samurai. Things are a little more balanced on the ninja side, with their five leaders being worth 100 points compared to the other ninja's 10. With the battle unfolding over a sprawling playfield, each team will have to divide its forces. Just because you've got a partner who's supposed to be watching your back, though, doesn't mean that you're safe. Mixed into each team are three spies who are actually working for the other side, aiming to pass information onto your enemies, or worse, kill you when you let your guard down because you think you're among allies. There's even a potential story branch of sorts. The battle will play out in two 30-minute rounds, and if the ninja are successful in, an, in, assassinate, in assassinating Lord Natsuka, then round two will start with the ninja having occupied the territory, and the team switching positions, so that the ninja are defending and the samurai attacking in an attempt to reclaim their castle. 
At the end of both rounds, the total scores are tallied, and the team with the most points is the winner. The winning team will receive some sort of as-yet-unrevealed prize, and there are also awards for samurai and ninja who distinguish themselves with a specially exemplary performance in the battle. So this is going to take place on October 22nd, and given the complexity of the event, um, it's basically an all-day-long event. Participants gather at the reception area at 1.30 to check in and change into their costumes and uniforms. Then there are scouting sessions of the play field, strategy councils, and formation positioning before round one starts at 5.30 p.m. Tycho drums will signal, uh, Tycho drum signals will be used to let players know how much time is remaining in the battle with round two ending at 2 p.m. at sorry at 7 p.m. followed by awards and closing ceremonies descending from the hilltop ruins back to the reception area to change back into modern attire and the evening coming to a close at nine not for nothing but this sounds absolutely amazing it does it's like a fancy version of like uh tag in a way you know Mm mm-hmm so the participants have to be at least 15 years old in good health. Um, and since there are no actual blades being swung, uh, but you are still running around in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. The participation fee starts at $35 for the 42 standard samurai and 42 normal ninja. The samurai general and ninja leaders roles go up to 7,500 yen, which is about $45. $50-ish. And the honor of being the primary target of 50 ninjas as Lord Natsuka is 10,000 yen. Ooh. Yeah. But not for nothing, this sounds amazing. This sounds so much fun. It really does. I mean, it's it's like all of the, you know, the, the Civil War reenactments and crap like that. Because all of those people, they get into character, they get into their costumes, mm-hmm. they, you know, they have their their fake guns and everything, and they do have to pay their dues and stuff to be in the clubs that do this. So it makes sense for Japan to have something similar like that um, in this, and not for nothing. I really, really want to watch it being done. But maybe it's, somebody I, will record it and post that. it on on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, this sounds a lot more interesting to me than the Civil War reenactments. Because that's just a bunch of people standing around because of how they had to load and reload their guns and all of that. Um, so I, I, this is definitely feeling more interactive. And I almost wish that it was more kind of like a laser tag thing. Mm. But I guess, you know, for swords, this is their version of a laser tag thing. But yeah, I I'm, I really, really want to see this being done. Me too. Me too. Now, the next story. For those of you who are playing the home version of this game, you'll understand why I am take I am discussing this one. <laughs> so how about pairing Japanese whiskey with convenience store fried chicken at a new Konbini bar in Tokyo 
Sure as hell tastes better than having a f than malt liquor. <laughs> so it's long been touted that Japanese convenience stores are the place to go to for pretty much everything you could ever need at any time, day or night. But now they're catering to more of your needs with a number of branches that are adding bars to the premises. Imagine walking into a convenience store and then there's a bar right there. That's cool. So that is what Top Chain Lawson is now doing. They're teaming up with Bar Liquor Museum for its first ever bar tie-up in Tokyo. The new Konbini Bar will be located on the first basement level of Tokyo's Shinjuku Washington Hotel building, which is just an eight-minute walk from its train station. One of the Bar Liquor Museum's areas of expertise is pairing alcohol with convenience store snacks. And that's what they have planned for this new opening, introducing an exclusive whiskey blend designed to complement the flavor of Lawson's iconic Karage-kun chicken nuggets. The original blended whiskey is said to have a slightly smoky taste and is great as a highball while snacking on packs of Karage-kun. The bar will sell drinks at reasonable prices starting at 500 yen, which is about $3.50. And unlike a lot of bars in Tokyo... There are no entry fees to get in. The layout of the new bar has four tables, eight counter seats, and, a, and can hold about 20 people. Usually the bar liquor museums generally have a separate outer entrances for the bar or convenience store areas, but they're actually connected inside for zero-second access between the two establishments. The new Lawson convenience store will open at 3 p.m. on October 6th Ooh, in two days. With a grand opening ceremony that's sure to include perks for those who attend. So mark your calendars, grab your karage-kun, and raise a glass to Lawson. The convenience store chain that'll soon have digital avatars working at the registers. You know... I mean... You know... You know... <laughs> I, I'm picturing, you know... On my table, I've gone to 7-Eleven, and I had the Bahama Mama bite with the gin and tonic. <laughs> All right. All right, Michael John. What's mm. your favorite convenience store food, or pick a favorite convenience store food of yours, and what drink you would go, that you would pair with it? convenience store food yeah like hot dogs or you know a sandwich. you know like when we go to wawa or quick check you know um i know you like your um not enchiladas um your quesadillas i do i do like my quesadillas but i don't normally drink with those true um, but i I, my favorite would have to be getting a hot chocolate and then putting booze in that. <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah, that that would be my favorite. I, I do enjoy getting some hot chocolate and putting stuff like Kahlua and stuff like that into it. A quesadilla and boozy hot chocolate. That's gross, no. Alright, so what? how about a convenience store brownie instead? That would work. There we go. There's that. I mean, if, if I'm going to go for a quesadilla, then I'm going to go for something with tequila in it. 
because that's just, you know, that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. Um, the last time tequila had me on the floor, I had to drink a half a handle of it. So, eh. <laughs> I, I think I think I can do a couple of shots and not have to worry about it. <laughs> oh, God, do I even want to know why you drank a half a handle of tequila? I was bored. This Are... was manga next. I was bored. Oh right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting in the room by myself after drinking, and all of a sudden, dipshit over here brings in a whole bunch of people. I'm just like, uh, I'm not sober enough to me be to be meeting people. Oh right! Oh oh right. Yeah. yeah! Now I remember all of that. Good uh, time. That was one hell of a party. Oh god! I'm just like I'm sitting on the bed. I'm just like, uh, you need to bring me water and nothing but water. I was like, why? Because I drank all of that tequila by myself, dipshit. <laughs> I, so, backstory, I brought an entire handle of tequila because, you know, going to be four of us in the room. So I cracked open the bottle. We each had a shot. And then everybody scattered to do their own thing. And I'm like, I really don't want to because, you know, it's just, it's. There's really not a lot to do. So I sat in the room eating bologna and cheese sandwiches and doing tequila shots by myself. That was such a bad idea. Such a bad idea. One of the only times I've ever gotten hungover. But, you know, it was a fucking handle of tequila that I downed half of. So mm -hmm. the fact that I was still surviving after that amazes me i think it's in your genes yeah probably yeah anywho let's get up on out of here <laughs> Ooh, that was an interesting weekend yes yes it was Wait, wrong button there we go so if you like tonight's show Tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. What we like and don't like, we're telling you straight up. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. And don't forget to check out our website at animejamsession.com where you'll find our weekly podcast. Cosplay tips and tricks, cosplay interviews, links to our YouTube page of convention videos, links to our Facebook page of cosplay coverage, anime reviews, editorials, so much more at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, every week we put out the podcast version of this show, and it's available on anything you use to listen to podcasts. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. So definitely check it out. Check out some of our older episodes. And if you can, leave a review. We greatly appreciate that. And don't forget to follow us on our social media pages. Even YouTube. It's not because it's social media, but it is to me. So follow us on our YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That way you know when we're going live. When we have new episodes up, new articles out, new information on our website, videos, photos, and a whole lot more. And don't forget our tip jar down below, right below 
the page that you're watching there's a link to our stream elements in ko-fi you click on those you can throw us a few dollars we greatly be appreciative of that if you don't want to do that you can go ahead and throw us some bits we'd love that too and see what else do i have listed here and subs go ahead and subscribing to our channel we really appreciate that and everything that comes in allows us to get better equipment and do better shows so now i'm going to throw it to mako chan last words i'm very tired so i'm about to go and curl up with my cats if they allow you to well considering i kind of set up the eating blanket not for myself but for them mm. and it's they haven't they haven't come into this room once they are both on that heating <laughs> wow you need to post a picture of them on on there but um my last words is don't want to get up early but at least it'll be overtime that is it end of list we'll be back next week with a brand new episode uh barry mellon will be joining us ari will be back It'll be good. No, Ari will be out, but he'll be back the following episode where we could talk more about AAC. Yep, it's time to get out of here. So, I'm Ranma. And I am Akachan. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Bye. Say goodnight, Makachan. Good night, Makachan. Perfect. Awesome. See you next week.